Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful Adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, 
vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. You are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio right here on the Fringe FM. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at rdgableerdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and check us out on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, all of our shows from last night and from Monday on Delta Farce and the Oreo cookie offering on a silver saucer to extraterrestrials. Those two shows are in the archive on the website. When you subscribe to that archive, you'll also get access to the montages, my digital books, and all yearly subscribers will get a physical copy of one of my books. It's all on the website. It supports the secret teachings. It supports you and it supports the Fringe FM. And if you're interested in the Fringe FM, you can check out the Fringe website at fringe.fm and please go download the Fringe FM app for free so that you can listen to the network 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's a little easier to listen on the app than it is to look it up online. That's what the app's designed for. It is fringe.fm or go to the store for your phone and download the application that way. Tonight we're going to take a different course in subject matter. And in fact, we're going to go to a college to begin the show tonight. And we're going to look at something that has been taught in colleges and something that has been taught in schools. And for a couple of years now, it was never really given a name. It was an ideological theory, an idea. Now it's been introduced into public school curriculum. I don't know of any private schools that are teaching it, but I would imagine that there might be a school or two that are actually teaching it. But this is a theory that is based on what perceptually on the surface is a solid academic movement about human rights. Now, that is very difficult to speak about if you disagree with the underbelly of this theory. Because on the surface, it would seem as if anyone chooses to disagree with theory that they must not be academic and they must not be very intelligent and they must disagree with things like civil rights and protesting and maybe they even support things like police brutality, etc., etc. However, despite the -the on-the-surface claims that the people who teach and the people who wish to learn about this theory despite the fact that they want to examine laws and how laws 
intersect with issues of discrimination. And they want to challenge even mainstream political approaches to various forms of social justices. This is perhaps arguably bad enough on the surface when you listen, when you actually listen to what they say. But when you go deeper, it's not about social justice. It's about social control. And I'm not the only person who thinks this. I was just listening before the show. I was pulling up the video again. I was listening to a mom in Virginia who fled Mao's China. And she was born in China, fled to the U.S. at the age of 26 during the Cultural Revolution that absolutely destroyed Chinese culture. It was during the Cultural Revolution that the Chinese government and their hordes of followers, people that were doing it for money, most people because they wanted food, some people for power, some people because they believed what they were doing was right, they were fighting against nationalism and the nationalists. Not only did they collectivize property and take your tools and cut your horses into pieces and distribute them equally among your fellow comrades. But if your neighbor had an extra, you know, piece of wood for a fire, that was nationalism. That was capitalism. If your neighbor wanted to make a little piece of jewelry and sell it, that was nationalism. That was capitalism. They have to be beaten and they have to maybe be even killed. They have to go to a struggle session and apologize for 20 hours straight and have urine and feces thrown on them because how dare you try to make a living? How dare you try to support yourself? So this woman fled from China. And I'll let her tell you what the name of this theory is. And you might not think this is not the secret teachings. This is, what are you talking about? This is right-wing propaganda. I find it so strange when people say that I'm a conservative. You just haven't listened to the show long enough. You, you don't know why I got kicked off of uh, at least one radio network. One of the major reasons outside of me discussing child and human trafficking was that I, every night virtually, bashed the Republican Party and one of the owners of the network was a Republican and didn't like it too much, so they kicked me off the network. I was looking through my Apple podcast reviews and someone had gone on there and said, just the same old typical right-wing conservative conspiracy theories. It's like, wow, well, you definitely didn't listen to the show. Let me let this mom, who apparently is a right-wing conspiracy theorist, let me let this mom tell you what this theory is and why it shouldn't be taught in schools. This is a Virginia mom. Her name is Zivan. Zivan fled communist China at 26 years old. I've, I've been very alarmed about what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, growing up in Mao's China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theories to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. During the Cultural Revolution, I witnessed students and teachers again turn against each other. We changed school names to be politically correct. 
Um, we were taught to denounce our heritage. The Red Guards destroy anything that is not communist. Old uh, statues, books, and anything else. <clears throat> we are also encouraged to report on each other, just like the uh, Student Equity Ambassador Program and the Bias Reporting System. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. It should have absolutely no place in our schools. That is a woman who fled China at 26 years old, Z Van. And she says that this critical theory is communism. This critical theory is identical to what Mao did in China. This is the cultural revolution. And now that doesn't even do justice to the decade and a half prior to the Cultural Revolution in the 1960s. The purges, the murdering, the raping, the torturing, the theft, the starvation, the tens of millions of people who died. Doesn't even bring that subject up. This is the Cultural Revolution. This is the destruction of all culture, the four olds, anything that relates to the old world. But there's a lot of contradiction here, is there not? Because, see, if you want to play the political game, if you want to play the bias, bigot, discrimination game, you shouldn't be able to question what this Chinese woman says because then you would be anti-Chinese. You'd be spreading Chinese-Asian hate, would you not? You shouldn't be able to question what she says. But see, if I was to make that argument, that would basically make me a bigot because I should be able to question what she says. I should be able to question what she experienced. It's not out of disrespect. It's just a question. Now, I believe what she's saying because she lived in China during that time, and I've read three huge history books on the Communist Revolution in China, one in particular, about 300-plus pages on the Cultural Revolution, And what she's saying is actually quite mild to what the historical data shows. I mean, she just kind of said, well, this is what they're going to do to turn people against each other. This is what they do. This is the American version of what they do to... It basically steals your ability to have intellectual debate, to communicate, to grow, to progress forward. Which is strange why people that label themselves progressives are using this this theory. But maybe you don't believe her. Maybe you should listen to Keisha King at a Duval County Board of Education meeting in Florida. She says virtually the same thing, but she says it as a woman with darker skin. Thank you for having me uh, speak. My name is Keisha King. I'm a mom of two, one who's in the Duval County public school system and one in private school thanks to school choice. I'm also a member of Moms for Liberty, uh, representing thousands of parents. Just coming off of May 31st, marking the 100 years of the Tulsa riots, it is sad that we are even contemplating something like critical race theory, where children will be separated by their skin color and deemed permanently oppressors or oppressed in 2021. That is not teaching the truth, unless you believe that whites are better than blacks. I have personally heard teachers teaching CRT, and we have had an assembly shut down because Duval County Public School System consultant thought it would be a great idea to separate students by race. This is unacceptable. 
CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT is deeper and more dangerous than that. CRT and its outworking today is a teaching that there is a hierarchy in society where white, male, heterosexual, able-bodied people are deemed the oppressor and anyone else outside of that uh, status is oppressed. That's why we see corporations like Coca-Cola asking their employees to be less white, which is ridiculous. I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed stat, uh, status in America because they are black is racist. And saying that white people are automatically above me, my children, or any child is racist as well. This is not something that we can stand for in our country. And don't take it from me, look at the writers of these types of uh, publications. Our ancestors, white, black, and others hung, bled, and died right alongside each other to push America towards that more perfect union. If this continues, we will look back and be responsible for the dismantling of the greatest country in the world by reverting to teaching hate and that race is a determining factor on where your destiny lies. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. That's Keisha King in Florida. I don't really think I need to do the rest of the show. I think she pretty much summed it up there. But she said, hung and blood and died, black and white. Here's an interesting statistic for you. According to the Tuskegee Institute and universities that have pulled this data, and have published it on their website, uh, one in Missouri, for example. Between 1882 and 1968, 1882 and 1968, 4,743 people were lynched. 3,446 were black. Nearly 1,300 were white. Now, that might throw a little bit of a wrench in the critical theory that white people are inherently evil because it looks like a lot of white people were lynched too, probably for various reasons, like black people were probably lynched for various reasons. But I'd imagine some of those white people were probably lynched because they didn't support the institution of slavery. They stood up for civil rights for all people, and they wanted to protect their black brothers and sisters. Because some of us aren't concerned 24 hours a day with the color of our skin. Most of us are concerned with going out to get a drink, going to the movie, trying to pay bills, maybe having a nice walk in the park. We're not really concerned about the color of our neighbor, whether they're white or black or they're Asian, etc. Skin color really doesn't matter to the majority of people, but it does matter to people who are bigots. And we do have to give it. We have to really give props. We have to give a round of applause to the people that teach these theories and the way that they craft them because they literally engineer it so that it sounds so great that nobody in their right mind would reject it. But when you see the historical context, you realize, oh, this is not a good thing. And so six states in the United States have introduced bills that aim to place limitations on lessons about race and equality that are being taught in schools. Now you would think, well, that's trying to stifle the conversation about slavery and race and all those things, but the bills actually say this. You can't teach that, quote, one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. Yeah, precisely. You also can't teach that, quote, an individual by virtue of the individual's race or sex is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or subconsciously. What could be more discriminatory than telling a little black boy that you are always going to be a slave to white people? But white people are still bad, and we're here to help you. 
That's putting somebody in chains and then telling them that you are their savior and you are going to help them. That is stunning for the 21st century. But now slavery is psychological and the shackles are on all of us. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. 
If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. Ryan Gable, your host. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings. I felt very compelled to mention this. I actually think it's kind of funny. Although it's sad, the state of affairs where I live here in... Well, I live in Bloomfield, New York, but right outside the city of Rochester, I go over there to get groceries or go over there to work a little bit for my part-time job. Sometimes I go to Lake Canandaigua. It's a nice, beautiful place. Over here in Bloomfield, Canandaigua, this part of New York State, there's like no crime. You know, people don't attack each other for looking a different way. They don't scream at each other. You know, the, the worst thing we have over here is domestic violence, right? But, but in the city, it's a little bit different, like in most cities. And in Rochester, there's a huge, huge, huge anti-white, anti-authority, anti-police movement. And it's basically been sanctioned by the local government. I uh, spoke to a police officer who directly told me, and Joe Roop from Lighting the Void was with me when he was living here before he moved out there to Arizona, and I started hating him. <laughs> he, uh, he was with me when the police officer told me that they were given orders to stand down from the city of Rochester and to let people riot and to loot, et cetera, et cetera. Now, that's clearly coming from the mayor. That's coming from lovely Warren. That's coming from the local government. The police were told to stand down. So despite the fact that people here in Rochester really, really want to restrict you having access to guns because that's a wonderful liberal thing and they think it'll stop crime, yet Rochester has one of the highest crime rates in the country, and I believe we are in the top three for the highest murder per capita in the country. I mean, it is a very dangerous place to live. That's why I moved out here to Bloomfield. So I had these two articles that I have to mention. Some of you might know, in fact, a a number of listeners emailed me this last year when it happened, The mayor of Rochester was indicted on felony election fraud conspiracy on two charges, a scheme to defraud and election law offenses. Now, a couple of months later, this was in May. This really wasn't that long ago, just a few weeks ago. The state of New York sent police to search the home of Lovely Warren in a criminal probe. And what they found was pretty interesting. They found Timothy Granison, Lovely Warren's husband, who was in illegal possession of a firearm, which I thought was wonderfully, hilariously ironic, 
and criminal possession of a controlled substance and possession with intent to sell. Sure profitable being in politics, is it not? Seven people were arrested and two kilos of crack and powder cocaine were seized. Now, although it's kind of a sad state of affairs in big cities like Rochester, I find it interesting that people that tend to be on one side of the political spectrum that hate guns and they want to bring justice and equality tend to be people that are very promiscuous, that are very into drugs, and that really like Hollywood propaganda, which is filled with guns. It's just bizarre to me. So they indict the mayor, and then they go to her house, and they find they find illegal substances and guns now you know guns that that's a that's a tricky subject of course there should be certain restrictions on guns of course we can have that discussion and there are restrictions okay there are background checks there are things that do prevent bad people from getting guns or people in general from getting guns good and bad but to to be in a city like this and to hear the constant anti-police anti-white anti-straight anti-male anti-gun anti-this anti-that and then for the mayor's house to be filled with guns and drugs i'm sure her and her husband were just picking the guns up off the street so people didn't do bad things with them i'm sure that was what happened i find that really funny i find that quite humorous and i i find it really interesting because some of the people that i interact with that i'm not that I'm friends with these people, but some of the people I interact with that I know in Rochester who are like hardcore social justice, hardcore political. You know, I, I, I heard about three months ago somebody made a comment. And I won't say who, but somebody made a comment and they said, yeah, this, this city is so violent. It, it's so horrible living here. Like the violence, the, the, the rape the murder, the theft, the vandalism is just statistically through the roof. One of the worst murder rates in the country, if not the worst murder rate in the country, Rochester, New York. And they said, but that's all Trump's fault. And I thought, wait a minute. What are you talking about? What does that have to do with Trump or any Republican? Or what does that have to do with anything? It's just that's it. There's always been a high murder rate in Rochester. This place sucks. <laughs> it's, that's not because of politics. It's just a, it's a horrible place to live. You know, you get sunlight maybe 50 days of the year. It's it's miserable. It's suicidal. It's depressing. But they blame that on Trump. And I found it weird because there's I never even seen a story in the news that said Trump's responsible for gun violence in Rochester and gang violence and and rape and and theft and murder. But like the mayor was indicted. On felony charges of election fraud and. Schemes to defraud. And the mayor's house, they had found drugs and guns, you know, or, you know, technically criminal possession of a controlled substance, illegal possession of a firearm. I mean, you're the mayor's husband. How do you not have a permit for that? So it just kind of makes me think like, oh, okay, so the mayor the whole time really was a thug. The mayor and her husband really are just gangsters. That's whether you're white or you're Republican. That's really who runs the big cities, isn't it? Just gangsters. But not even gangsters like Al Capone, not even gangsters like the mafia, Italian or otherwise, that like have some respect for community, right? And they scratch each other's backs. These aren't gangsters like that. These are Marxist gangsters. These people stab each other in the back. They murder each other. They attack each other. There's, there's no code of conduct in this mafia. 
There's no code of conduct in this gang. These people are ruthless criminals. Drugs, guns, prostitution, murder, rape, theft, torture, it doesn't matter. Extortion, you name it. Human trafficking, you betcha. But there's no mention of that. Nobody's running around as a social justice warrior. Arrest the mayor. Get her husband. They've got guns and drugs. Nobody cares about that. I, I, I guess that's also Trump's fault. Trump must have planted those guns and those drugs in their home because they're, they have a different skin color. So none of this really makes sense to me. And you may think, well, what does this have to do with the secret teachings? I thought I tuned into a paranormal show. Well, we do different shows every night. We did a show on Oreo cookies and aliens on Monday, which was really good, I thought. We did a show last night on Delta farce and the esoteric nature of the Delta variant and how Delta is essentially going to be used to bring about an apocalypse. That was kind of the general theme. Uh, You'd have to listen to the show to get the details. It's not rhetoric. It's not an explosive conspiracy theory. It's just what the word and what the symbol Delta mean. Numerically, it's four plus the three sides. That's seven perfection in Hebrew. It's Daleth, the number that uh, the letter that it looks like is the number seven. It brings about change. That's the mathematical equivalent. And it relates to the number seven perfection, the creation of something new, the creation of a new world on top of the old world, the great reset. That's kind of the angle I took. And tonight I thought we have to talk about this theory. We have to talk about some of these videos. The Virginia mom who fled China at 26, Z. Van, saying that what we're teaching kids in school is what they did during the communist cultural revolution in China or Keisha King a few months ago speaking at a board of education for the Florida State Board of Education a board of education meeting um, saying that this was uh, this actually just a couple days ago excuse me not a couple months ago uh, saying that to teach children that because of the color of their skin they are inherently oppressed or they are inherently oppressors. I mean, it, like it sounds on the surface like well, you're telling white people they're bad, so this must be anti-racism. But really what it's doing is it's telling little black boys and little black girls in particular that you are oppressed, that you need someone to take care of you, that you can't take care of yourself, you can't think for yourself. And yeah, white people are bad, but we're not bad. We're here to take care of you. That's interesting. It's really interesting because between 1882 and 1968, nearly 1,300 white people were lynched. Nearly 1,300 white people were lynched. Just around 3,400 black people were lynched. A lot of white people were lynched for the reason of supporting abolition or the reason of not being in favor of segregation. So if those white people were lynched and they were bloodied, and they were beaten, and they were hanged for those beliefs. Why is it all white people are bad? Who, on the flip side of that, who might have had the idea to also assault and attack white people or any person who disagrees with them? Well, that's not necessarily an ideology. That's just how close-minded, narrow-mindedness works. That's how ideological cults operate. You attack anybody. But if you have a strong majority that stands up in support of what, in some cases, is a a, a very small minority. In other cases, it's not really a a very small minority. 
then you obviously have a barrier to doing what you wish to do. And that is, in this case, intellectually, psychologically, emotionally, socially, economically enslaving a group of people. Not just black people, but any people. Doing it through fiat currency, doing it through media and propaganda, doing it through delta variants. And clearly the one thing that those people fear most is all people recognizing that, yes, race is a real thing. So is gender. But I would argue that race is actually not anything but a construct. It's an identification process. It's a genetically identification process, a genetic genetic identification process. But race is just like we're part of the human race. Uh, Gender is, like biology, is uh, not a social construct. Uh, That's a thing. That's a real thing. But see, this is all about confusing people. And just because some Republicans talk about it, people just assume, oh, if you don't support it, you're a Republican. I am not a Republican. I don't like Republican politics. I don't like libertarian politics at this point. I don't like politics at this point. I like history. Get that through your head. I like history. I like to learn from history. I like to read books about history. I don't care if it's Stalinist Russia. I don't care if it's communist China. I don't care if it's Nazi Germany. I don't care if it's a book on the history of the state of Arizona that I've started reading. I like to read history. Because I like to learn in general, but I like to learn about what happened in the past. It's not entirely accurate, but it gives us an idea. It gives us an idea of certain social movements, of intellectual movements, of groups and organizations and what those groups and organizations have done. And when those groups and organizations attempt to do the same thing today, or at least similar groups and organizations, we, if we understand history, can see the tactics and we can stop those groups before they carry out various forms of cultural or physical genocides. That's what I'm concerned with. Not a donkey and not an elephant. And if you have to reduce every conversation to politics, and you even have to reduce paranormal and occult discussions to politics, this is not the show for you, unfortunately. I mean, it is, but if that's all that you can do and yell yell and scream about it, it's, there's nothing I can do for you. I read this review on, on Apple Podcasts. The Secret Teachings is another right-wing conspiracy show. What, because I don't parrot your point of view? Listen a little bit longer and you'll hear me do something similar to what I do to your point of view to the other point of view. It's not complaining, it's an observation. Here's a great observation for you. Six states in the United States have introduced bills that aim to place limitations on lessons about race and inequality. And you might think, well, that's bad. They're trying to suppress it. These are Republicans. No, these are people with common sense, people that understand, like the mom in Florida, Keisha King, or the woman, Z. Vaughn, who fled communist China during the Cultural Revolution at the age of 26. They understand that this is not about equality. This is about teaching inequality. This is about cultural Marxism. This is about cultural genocide. This is about creating as much division as possible and making people kill each other socially and eventually physically. This is about forcing people into an ideological cult hive mind so they're unable to think for themselves. It doesn't matter what color their skin is. Are you kidding me? 
You would think that such a theory taught in schools would teach kids that race and sex are in essence irrelevant, that an individual, by virtue of whatever they look like or whatever they they are, they're not slaves, they're not slave masters, they're just human beings. You, You might think, like, why would this even be taught to kids anyway? But if it were taught to kids you would probably teach them that nobody is inherently one thing or another. Your actions determine whether or not you are a socially acceptable person or not. But when you change what is socially acceptable so that only a few people fit into it, those people that you have under your control because you alter their mind and their emotions, then it becomes difficult to gauge what is good or what is bad. When everything is based on some arbitrary, always changing form of social justice operated like the Red Guards in communist China. But that's not what this theory teaches. On the surface, sure, they lure you in with, oh, it's equality, oh, it's history. We need to learn and understand these things. And yes, I'm with you. We need to learn and understand these things. Sure, absolutely. We should understand history. Let's just look at all the history, not just the history that you like with critical omissions, so that you can do the same thing that you did or that people like you did hundreds of years ago, which is kind of the whole thing that, that, that they're teaching, that if you're white, you're going to own slaves. I mean, how preposterous is this? And then people just think, oh, it's a conservative. It's not a conservative agenda. At the very core of it, it's a cult. It's using word magic to manipulate and control people. It's using black people as magical shields to deflect criticism. And when those black people stand up and say, we're not going to uh, accept this, we're not going to take this, this is wrong, this is racist, this is bigotry, this is hatred, this is segregation. They say, you're an Uncle Tom, shut up and sit down, slave. But yet, that's not what these, these theories teach. And so, several states have introduced bills from Tennessee to Idaho all across the country, to limit what can be taught in school. And here's what it limits. It limits, quote, one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. It doesn't make teachers teach that. It prevents them from teaching that, which tells us that the theory teaches kids that race or sex is inherently a system of superiority and inferiority. You're teaching white people they're better and black people they're, they're not good. But that black people, we want to help elevate you. White people, we want to oppress you. The people that are in control, skin color is irrelevant. That an individual, by virtue of the individual's race or sex, is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or subconsciously. I love the subconscious bigotry when what they're teaching you is conscious bigotry. Or you can't teach that... A meritocracy is inherently racist or sexist or designed by a particular race or sex to oppress members of another race or sex. And that, quote, this state or the United States is fundamentally or irredeemably racist or sexist. I got blocked on Facebook by somebody because they posted this wonderful kind of like a meme. And it was like, all I want to do is have equality. I just want to be an equal person. It's a white person. And I just want my black friends to just like be equal to me. 
and I'll do everything I can to fight for them. I thought it was kind of like, it's just a little bit weird. And they said something about racism and how all white people are racist and they're sorry for being racist and they're sorry for being a slave owner. And I thought, did, did, did you own slaves? I, 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 did, I don't know. Did you? And so I'm sure you probably wear Nike and stuff like that, which are literally made by slaves, uh, which is also to define racism uh, based on black and to define slavery based on black uh, is about as offensive as to other groups as saying that only Jews have sur- have suffered a Holocaust because you literally have endless Holocaust throughout history, endless genocides, and to ascribe a Holocaust to a Jew is quite offensive to those other people, I think. I think it's diminishing to the suffering that those other groups and people and cultures have gone through. Likewise, I think it's pretty offensive to say that black people are slaves today inherently, and so white people have to pay reparations when literally I can go down to the store and I can buy shoes and I can buy clothes and I can buy games and I can buy gadgets and gizmos that were made by actual slaves today in the 21st century an item that was probably manufactured in the last 12 months by a slave or the people that are at the anti-slavery rallies wearing clothes that are literally made by slaves Nikes, Adidas with Apple iPhones literally made by a slave so Where does this take us? This takes us to a very uncomfortable place. And it's meant to be uncomfortable because it's meant to tear apart the seams of social interaction and social cohesion. It's not just done with social distancing. It's done with racial distancing, segregation. It's done in ways that If someone just walked out in front of a TV camera and said, all right, look, 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 Uh, we need to have black people and white people separate. Uh, White people uh, are better and black people are inferior. And I got to use a different water fountain and I got to sit at the back of the bus and uh, you need to um, find your own school. You know, you know, at its core, you know, there are black schools, there are schools that are predominantly white, schools that are predominantly Asian. It's not necessarily by, I mean, if it's a private institution, you know, I guess the legality of that is debatable, but a lot of schools, you know, some schools are like Ivy League schools. There's schools, like I applied, or I was going to apply to a school that was like 95% black in Florida. I forget the name of the school. It was in the central Florida area. I decided against it. I decided to go to a technical school instead. But, I, I, I was able to apply to that school, and it, but it's just predominantly black because of the area. Nobody calls that racist. It's just a predominantly black area, just like there's predominantly white areas and predominantly Asian areas. You know, if you had a place called White Town, people would rip it down. But you can have Vietnamese town, you can have Korea town, you know, you can have black neighborhoods, but you can't have a white neighborhood. And, 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 and it's funny, too, because if you're white, you can't move into a black neighborhood like a real hardcore ghetto black neighborhood. You'd probably get killed. But if you're black, you can move into a white neighborhood. It's funny. I just I don't understand all this. What is all this? Well, let's listen to what the mom who fled communist China had to say in Virginia. Let's see what she had to say about what's happening. This was the. Luden County School Board last week. She fled communist China. I've, I've been very alarmed about 
<clears throat> what's going on in our school. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. Uh, growing up in Mao's China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. During the Cultural Revolution, I witnessed students and teachers again turn against each other. We changed school names to be politically correct. Um, we were taught to denounce our heritage. The Red Guards destroy anything that is not communist. Old uh, statues, books, and anything else. <clears throat> we are also encouraged to report on each other, just like the uh, Student Equity Ambassador Program and the Bias Reporting System. This is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist, the Chinese Cultural Revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. Absolutely, Xi. But see, we're not allowed to listen to her because she's a woman and she's Asian. She's Chinese. We're not allowed to listen to her, though. It's pretty sad. How about the, 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 the lady Keisha King from Florida at another school board? Hers was a lot more in-depth. This is an interesting one. Listen to this. I, I guess she's also a... She doesn't look white to me, but I guess she's white. My name is Keisha King. I'm a mom of two, one who's in the Duval County public school system and one in private school thanks to school choice. I'm also a member of Moms for Liberty, uh, representing thousands of parents. Just coming off of May 31st, marking the 100 years of the Tulsa riots, it is sad that we are even contemplating something like critical race theory, where children will be separated by their skin color and deemed permanently oppressors or oppressed in 2021. That is not teaching the truth, unless you believe that whites are better than blacks. I have personally heard teachers teaching CRT, and we have had an assembly shut down because Duval County Public School System consultant thought it would be a great idea to separate students by race. This is unacceptable. CRT is not racial sensitivity or simply teaching unfavorable American history or teaching Jim Crow history. CRT is deeper and more dangerous than that. CRT and its outworking today is a teaching that there is a hierarchy in society where white, male, heterosexual, able-bodied people are deemed the oppressor and anyone else outside of that uh, status is oppressed. That's why we see corporations like Coca-Cola asking their employees to be less white, which is ridiculous. I don't know about you, but telling my child or any child that they are in a permanent oppressed uh, status in America because they are black is racist. And saying that white people are automatically above me, my children, or any child is racist as well. This is not something that we can stand for in our country. And don't take it from me. Look at the writers of these types of uh, publications. Our ancestors, white, black, and others, hung, bled, and died right alongside each other to push America towards that more perfect union. Absolutely, Keisha King, slaughtering it. But uh, she looks like she's well put together. Uh, She looks like uh, she believes in liberty. Uh, She looks like she can think for herself. She can speak for herself. She can write for herself. So like all the other moms, black, white, doesn't matter, who actually have the ability to do that, well, that's clearly a threat to the people who don't want you to be able to think at all, who want you to live on a very below-par universal income and give up your ability to think and your ability to make anything of yourself because those are the people that just want a bunch of slaves that work and do what they tell them to do. Well, that is exactly what critical race theory is. You're going to segregate kids based on race? 
you're going to tell one kid that they are inherently oppressed, inherently a slave? I mean, what do you think that does to children? You know who wrote that? The same kinds of people that pretended to be friends of the black community, but then they said things like, we're going to have people like Keisha King voting Democrat for 200 years. We're going to have Negroes like that voting Democrat for 200 years because we're going to put them on a new plantation, a political plantation. You ain't got to work. You ain't got to do nothing. All you got to do is sit there and you got to vote Democrat every election. You'll get a little bit of money. You get a slum to live in. You'll be in America. That's uh, that's LBJ and that's a handful of Democratic senators going back to the Ku Klux Klan. See, you have a public institution of slavery where the mass majority of people outside of the economic system were against it. I imagine there were people that just didn't care because it didn't directly affect their lives, just like today. But less than 2% historically of people in the United States during a time when slavery was at its height was... They were owners of slaves, or they owned plantations, which were predominantly owned by big banks and big corporations at the time. And even the founder of Pennsylvania in the 1600s wrote scathing papers with others about how horrible slavery was. It was a protest to, to slavery. I mean, a whole, a whole country broke in half, and... It was a result of economics. It was a result of tensions based on policies of slavery. And it's like the thing I read on Facebook, and I, I got I, I didn't finish that story a couple minutes ago, but I got I got like I got blocked by this person because I said, um, can you help me out here? I said, dot dot dot. Who ended slavery? Um, who passed anti slavery laws? Who was it that banned slave importation? It was the U.S. Congress, predominantly made up of white people, and they banned slave importation by about 1806, 1807. Uh, who banned uh, the expansion of slavery to the West? Oh, that was the U.S. Congress, um, predominantly made of white people. Uh, who decided to ban the usage of slaves as citizens to acquire more political power so that you could overrule non-slaveholding states. Well, that was a predominantly white room of founding fathers who decided to get together and create a federal constitution to unite all the states, and the slaveholding states didn't like it too much because they didn't want to release their property. The big powered money in the south okay the big corporations if you will in the south the big banks they didn't like that too much so why i just there's why doesn't what is going on here how do you not know that that's basic american history you want to teach it's all about slavery well then why did a bunch of white people get together and ban slavery oh they own slaves yeah you can take quotes out of context and the timeline matters a lot because people like thomas jefferson introduced bills to end slavery it was such an institutional part at that time of the way that the economic system worked for some people 
that in order to get rid of the institution of slavery, there had to be a process worked out legally to abolish it. And that's what is so astounding when people say, well, the three-fifths compromise considered black people three-fifths of a person. Yeah, so the southern states couldn't use black people as cattle, bring more in, boost the numbers of the population where they weren't considered human, but then count them as a civilian in order to get more political representation in order to expand slavery. And the white north said, no, you can't do that. But since they are human beings, but you don't consider them human beings, you're going to meet us in the middle. You're going to consider them three-fifths of a person because you're not going to get unequal political representation in Congress. That's what the history books actually say. That's what the people actually wrote. Not critical race theory and loathing America, the country that ended slavery. Despite the fact that today, all the people that hate slavery, I guess conveniently, didn't realize that tens of millions of people, any given year, going back to 2016, the United Nations estimated 40-plus million people, men, women, and children, were modern-day slaves. And are modern-day slaves, tens of millions of people whether it's for labor or forced marriage. Today, in 2021, tens of millions of people are slaves. You show me in the United States where there are slaves. I can show you in parts of Africa where there are slaves and in parts of the Middle East where there are slaves. I can show you parts of the world where women are not equal, where gay people are not equal, where gay people really are killed where women are beaten and raped and just taken. I had a friend who went to India, and years ago, five, six, seven years ago, and she told me that India was a little bit of a scary place. I mean, good for her, she went by herself, but she said, the way that women are treated there, it's, it's appalling. Like, this guy just came up to me, grabbed my hand, and started, like, pulling me and said, you're going to come meet my parents, you're my new wife. So she started wearing a ring to pretend like she was already married. And she said, women don't understand how good they have it in the United States. It's like, yeah, um, the U.S. created, through a more perfect union, a country of actual equality. Just because it's not perfect, do you really want to see what the rest of the world looks like? Are you kidding me? You want, you, do you want to go to the rest of the world as a woman or as a gay person? And if you hate this place so much, why do you come here? Why do you want to come to America? Why do you want to open the borders up to more immigrants? If America is so bad and treats those people so poorly, why do you want the institution that supposedly hates you as a black person, LGBTQ person, why do you want that institution to protect you? You think they hate you. Well, we want reform. No, you don't. You think you want reform, but the people that you go to for reform are using that. They're using you to create new laws and new policies that create complete inequality, like the Equality Act. That Kamala Harris and all these progressives won that literally ends biological designation for females and puts men in women's sports. How does that not create a new glass ceiling? How does that not create inequality for women that get their asses beat in sports? How is that fair? Can somebody please explain that to me? How is that fair? But I guess I'm not allowed to have that conversation because this is a paranormal radio show, right? I guess this has nothing to do with occultism, not, nothing to do with magic. It has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter literally invoking the Iyami Aji, an African 
witch goddess. It has nothing to do with BLM invoking spirits and pouring out libations at rituals where the founder, who basically quit now because of all the money she spent and stole to to, to buy these multi-million dollar mansions in white neighborhoods because she dressed up like Lucifer and reenacted the Garden of Eden scene in a ritual to invoke spirits to help them overthrow society. I'm, that's just, it's not paranormal enough, I guess. It's all political. I'm a Republican, I guess. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Stay with us. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels allowed to measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. It's going to take you months to launch. We did it for you. We could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. 
This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio right here on The Fringe FM. Let's take a trip to Yale University, shall we? Yale University is in the news because Yale University allowed a lecture to take place where there was fantasy about shooting white people. And the school got a little bit upset about that, which was a little bit surprising to me. But Yale University said it had made a private video that featured a guest lecturer expressing fantasies about committing violence against white people. But audio of the lecture leaked online. So the Yale Child Study Center Grand Rounds talk called the psychopathic problem of the white mind, because that's not psychotic, by Dr. Aruna Kilanani, was streamed live on Zoom on April 6th. After a review by administrators, the lecture was found to have tone and content antithetical to the values of the school. Yeah, uh, they want to kill white people. They're psychotic. So Yale University said that the video uh, goes against their school policies and that there is uh, violent imagery and profanity in the video. But the leaked audio came out, and uh, Yale University apologized. Now, the way that free speech works is you can pretty much do and say whatever you want to do and say, you know, do in the sense of expression, but you can't call to kill people because of the color of their skin. Well, I guess you can, but there's consequences to that. Now, let me ask you this question. Dr. Aruna, who spoke at Yale and said white people should be killed, the psychopathic problem of the white mind. Let's say that this person was named Dr. Bob, and Dr. Bob said the psychopathic problem with the black mind. There would be mobs at Yale University. But I guess white people deserve it, right? Because I deserve it for trying to be a balanced and appreciating human being me personally but i guess i didn't realize that i've got slaves in my apartment here i didn't realize that i i I guess i'll let them go you know it's just ludicrous but see this isn't like an isolated incident at yale university this is happening all over the place 
In that case, it was a lecturer. But you're telling me that Yale University, like, didn't know? Like, I go to Yale University. Yeah, I'd like to lecture. What would you like to lecture on? The psychopathic problem of the white mind. And someone was like, that sounds like a great talk. We'll get the HD cameras. We'll get the live stream going. This will be big. Okay, or what did they do? Like, go to the school and we're like, yeah, we want to do a... We want to do a talk on racism and how racism is bad. And the school's like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's, let's do that. And then it's like the psychopathic problem of the white man. And they've got images of white people cut in half. I mean, is this, is this 2021? Is it, this is promoting violence. This is not free speech. This is this is evil. Okay, this is intended to rip apart the social fabric of society, to tear it apart, to confuse people, to blind people, to enslave people mentally, not one group or the other based on the color of skin, but all people who disagree with the ideology. The ideology is Marxism. Do I need to play the Chinese woman again telling you this is what they did in communist China? Hell, let me play it again. I've, I've been very alarmed about What's going on in our school? You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors. This is in Virginia. Our country and our history. Uh, growing up in Mao's China, all this seemed very familiar. The uh, communist regime used the same critical theories to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. During the Cultural Revolution, I witnessed students and teachers again turned against each other. We changed school names to be politically correct. Um, we were taught to denounce our heritage. The Red Guards destroy anything that is not communist. Old uh, statues, books, and... Statues, books. Huh. Kind of sounds like Antifa. Huh. Kind of sounds like Black Lives Matter. Huh. Kind of sounds like counter-revolutionary groups. I don't know. You know, the Antifa that literally traces its roots back to communist Russia and the communist uprising in Berlin in the 1920s where they promoted promiscuity and pornography and tried to break apart the fabric of the German family. Maybe it's that Antifa just because they recolored their logo, you know, so it's a little black kind of anarchist. I guess it's a different Antifa. No, it's literally, literally the same Antifa. This is not a political station, Ryan. I I get so tired of hearing that. You know that Black Lives Matter literally, literally, has performed magical rituals to summon the dead to help them overthrow society. Where do you find that? Where's the video? Where's the proof? I don't know. Maybe Patrice Coolers, the founder of Black, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, who now is like, I guess, out of the group because she took a bunch of the money from the Democratic Party and all the donations that I think were fraudulent. Uh, she took that money and bought a bunch of multi-million dollar homes in white neighborhoods because she doesn't want to live in black neighborhoods. That woman who dressed up like Lucifer and performed a ritual in front of a big tree of life. I don't know. That was on video praying to the Iyami Aji. Or how about one of the other founders of Black Lives Matter who's from a part of Africa where the Ifa religion is very popular. Um, You know, it's basically voodoo. Not that voodoo is necessarily a bad thing. It can be good. It's derived particularly from Catholicism. But voodoo can be pretty bad. And when you're calling upon the dead to help you do what your mission statement is, and that was what, oh, I don't know, to raise children in basically state hatcheries, in villages, like Hillary Clinton said, and then to have comrades that control everything and to eliminate men 
It's funny because I thought Black Lives Matter was based on Trayvon Martin. I thought it was based on George Floyd. I guess it's just about destroying men. I guess the people that support it just never read that mission statement, you know. So what's all this about? It's about magic. That's what it's about. It's about black magic because black magic matters. And that's what these people are doing. They can do it with symbols and sigils, but they can also do it with words. And that's where the power really is, the word, because the word is comprised of letters. The letters are symbols. The symbols have vibrations. And the intention of the person who speaks those symbols, who speaks those letters, who speaks those words into existence, bring about agregores and golems and tulpas. And then they direct those agregores and golems and tulpas to do their bidding. And their manifestations are not taking place out of clay or out of soil or out of some immaterial substance that comes out of the ether. It's taking place in the minds of the people who follow these cult ideologies, these hive mind rhetorics. That's where it manifests in hordes of people that won't listen to their intuition because they have been overridden by a program. That's a spiritual program that communicates directly to the subconscious to control the conscious mind. Like altering RNA to alter DNA, they're altering the subconscious to manipulate and control the conscious mind. And that's why these people react on emotion. And that's why these people are hysterics, psychotics. But they call you psychotic. Dr. Aruna Kilanani, the psychopathic problem of the white mind. I'm sure there were some morons who wrote some books or some papers. The, the, the psychopathic problem with the black mind. Uh, just, you know, with the glasses on and a pipe. And you know, the, the, the black person is just an inferior life form. I'm sure that there's some people like that. And they be, deserve to be strung up after trial just like these psychopaths. You're calling for violence like this? Since when is it okay to call for violence at all? Now you can call for violence against white people. And then you've got like attacks on Asian people and that's just like oh it's still white people's fault even though it's literally like almost a hundred percent black people attacking Asians because if you're Asian you are far more likely to be attacked by a black person than a white person and we got then you got to break the statistics down and then it's like well it's not about black or white sure you're right it's not about black or white but when black people make up 13 percent of the population and they commit 27 and a half percent of all violent crimes against Asian Americans and whites comprise 62% of the population and commit 24% of crimes against Asians. These are just the FBI statistics. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy for reading them. You're much more likely to be attacked by a black person than a white person. So it's not white nationality when an Asian person gets beat down by a black thug. You're saying black people are thugs. Jesus Christ. Maybe I have to play the black woman telling you what critical race theory is really all about. Or maybe Coca-Cola can tell you. Coca-Cola says... In an online training seminar back in February, quote, try to be less white. Try to be less white. Okay, here are some tips from Coca-Cola telling you how to be less white. This should be good. Uh, Be less arrogant. Be less certain. Be less defensive. Be more humble. Listen, believe. Break with apathy. Break with white solidarity. Another slide tells viewers that in order to confront racism they must understand quote what it means to be white challenging what it means to be racist what the hell is coca-cola talking about coca-cola operates a global system of poison distribution they operate a global infrastructure 
that poisons, among others, people who have little money. They have poisoned uh, much of the entire country of Mexico with their soda. And in fact, one of the health ministers of, uh, of Mexico said people aren't dying of COVID-19. They're dying of Coca-Cola. Because that's basically all the people drink there. And of course, they tried to scrub that from the internet, but one of the health ministers in Mexico was like, yeah, Coca-Cola is why people are sick. That's why people are sick. They're not sick because of COVID. They're sick because they're drinking Coke. Obviously, there's other reasons, but they're sick because they're drinking Coke. Jesus Christ, that's why they're sick. Tom Brady said the same thing. Remember that? But Tom Brady can't speak either. Tom Brady said, yeah, Coca-Cola is poison. In fact, I just read an article. Uh, was it like a day ago? Uh, was it a, I can't. Ronaldo, I think, was his name. I think he was a soccer player, but he sat down at the microphone and he's like, drink water. And then he moved the Coca-Cola bottles. Yeah, it's poison. It's poison. How about you talk about how you've poisoned black communities with your poison Coca-Cola Poison. It's poison. Sugar is poison. It's akin to cocaine and heroin. It's poison. But no, they're more concerned with be less arrogant, be less certain. I am less certain. I'm less certain that you're a human being for teaching people how to be racist. I'm, I'm less certain that you are not an alien from another planet trying to create and to sow social discord. I'm, I'm, I'm confused, you know, why you say that as Coca-Cola, you're a company that cares and want people to be happy, and yet you're telling your staff not to be the color that they are. That sounds just, that's astounding. But it gets better. Back in that same month, February 2021, New York City Public School, a principal, Eastside Community High School principal, Mark Fetterman, sent a a survey home. He reportedly sent a survey home, though, but he actually sent it. He sent a survey home to white parents, asking them to identify their level of whiteness. This is a fun survey. You should take it. Uh, The school sends out a ranking list of eight white identities, eight of them. All right, here are the eight identities. You are either a white supremacist, clearly marked white society that preserves names and values white supremacy, you know, a white voyeur. You wouldn't challenge white supremacy. You desire whiteness because it's interesting, pleasurable. You seek to control the consumption and appropriation of non-whiteness. Yes, that's exactly what we all do. Uh, Or you have white privilege. You critique supremacy, but at a deep investment in questions of fairness and equity under the normalization of whiteness and white rule, you kind of absorb it and you kind of like it. Or there's white benefit, white confessional, white critical, white traitor. You actively refuse complicity. Or you're a white abolitionist, you want to change institutions, dismantle whiteness, and not allow whiteness to reassert itself because that's not genocide under any definition of the word. Uh, look at this guy. Look at this principle. This guy looks like uh, uh, an alcoholic who they pulled off the street and put in, put in charge of the school. Eight white identities. I don't think you're a human being, you piece of trash. I think this guy should be put in prison for trying to create this kind of racial divide and violence in school. That's what it is. Send this guy to trial because this guy needs to have his ass handed to him intellectually. 
Oh, Coca-Cola is like, ah, be less white. New York schools are like, yeah, yeah, tell us how white you are. Yale University is like, yeah, well, we were going to allow the talk on the problem of the white mind, but people found out we were doing it, so we have to stand against it because the psychopathic problem of the white mind, a speech given by Dr. Aruna Kilanani, that's a little bit too much. You know, we can't let him know that we really hate white people, that we really hate anybody who disagrees with us. Can't let anybody know that, you know, between 1882 and 1968, uh, 1,297 white people were lynched aside of 3,446 black people. According to the Tuskegee Institute, shouldn't let anybody know that white people have uh, traditionally, just like any other group of people, the average human being with common sense and with a heart and a soul. Typically, they don't like the idea of severe inequality, especially when it's done in the name of equality. Um from William Penn, the founder of Pennsylvania, to the people who marched with Martin Luther King, uh, people generally have agreed, and we all agree. Like I, I don't see other people as as less than me, but I do see, I do see the people that promoted this crap at Coca Cola. You are less than me. You're less than human for promoting this kind of social incohesion, and so is the New York City principal who promoted this garbage about white identities. You are less than human. You're a piece of trash. You've shown us who you really are. So rather than bowing and capitulating to this scum and giving them the high ground, they have nothing, nothing intellectually, nothing historically. They have nothing they can do to you unless you let them do to you what Mao Zedong did to the Chinese people, where he said... Even if you're a communist, even if you support our cause, if your parents or grandparents were nationalists and they believed in working for what you have and they believed in private property, you are guilty and you will also have to suffer the consequences. You will be at struggle sessions. Some of you might be killed to prove a point to the others that it's not okay to be the child or the grandchild of someone who disagreed with our current political system in the present. That is identical to what people are doing today. Oh, you're white, so you must have owned slaves. Really? Really? I'm white, so I must have owned slaves. Well, if I happen to fall into that minor, less than 2% category, like a really tiny category, how about a bunch of slave owners who decided, you know what, slavery's wrong, let's ban it. They don't talk about that. Or I don't know the fact that like I'm actually Native American, but I don't look it, so I'm still a white supremacist. I actually had a girl tell me that on a date one time. It, it wasn't really a date. It was more of like an, a social justice argument. It was, well, you look white, so uh, you're, uh, you're racist. I was like, excuse me, you're white. What are you talking about? You know, it's ridiculous. Plus, the U.N. finds 40-plus million people a year are actually enslaved today in the world. Um, hardly any in the United States. That's just according to the UN's own organization. But see, we have coming up this week and something interesting. We have Juneteenth Day, short for June 19th. It marks the day when federal troops go into Galveston, Texas in 1865 to take control of the state and to make sure that all the enslaved people are, are free. Because at the time, Texas, they didn't really see a lot of intense fighting. There weren't a lot of Union troops during the Civil War in Texas. Texas is very 
far west, very far away from from the Union capital. So Texas didn't have a lot of a lot of stuff going on during the Civil War. So a couple months after the end of the war, slavery was pretty much unaffected in Texas and until U.S. General Gordon Granger, Granger went to Texas and read General Order Number 3 that, quote, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. Something that Abraham Lincoln, a Republican, by the way, despite his face being up at the Democratic National Headquarters, a Republican, also said, and this would be really confusing because the people are like, well, they changed the parties. Abraham Lincoln was really a Democrat. Well, great. He's a Democrat. Let's look at what Abraham Lincoln said. He said if he could end the war and preserve the Union without freeing slaves, he would have done it. So interpret that however you will. It's even in the National Archive. Abraham Lincoln wasn't interested in ending slavery. He was interested in ending the war and preserving the Union, which I guess you could then argue was also an attempt to in slavery because the preservation of the union would have guaranteed based on Congress's view, you know, 80 years prior to the civil war that slavery was wrong and that exportation importation and expansion of slavery would be illegal after 1806, 1807, 1808. And the bills have been introduced in individual States to end slavery, including a bill introduced by Thomas Jefferson that, that literally by one vote didn't pass Long before Congress banned slavery, Thomas Jefferson owned some slaves, and he decided, let's make this a law, end it, and I'll get rid of my slaves. So people that were white that decided this is wrong, let's create a new world, right? That's, you can't, can't learn about that, though. But Abraham Lincoln really wasn't that concerned. So it's kind of like you go back and forth, and everybody identifies with politics, Republican, it's not Republican or Democrat, okay? It's ideology, it's cult. The Civil War was about Britain trying to undermine the political processes of the United States. It was an economic war. How can you say it's economic? Well, let's look at the history of it. It was economic because slavery was an economic thing. And the South, some of it, wanted to get rid of slaves. They just couldn't do it because it was the only way that they were able to manufacture, process, export goods. It was the only way they were able to make money and stay efficient. It doesn't justify it, but that was the reason why. That was the major reason why. So the Emancipation Proclamation, Juneteenth, celebrates the freeing of people from bondage in Texas. 1865, 1865, and you know what? 1865, the freedmen of Texas organized the first of what would become an annual celebration of a Jubilee Day on June 19th to celebrate black people becoming free in the state of Texas. 250,000 slaves were freed. And at the time, Texas had a population over 600-plus thousand So that's a lot of people that were enslaved in Texas. And from what I understand, that 604, roughly 1,000 in 1860, it was more than that by 1865, that number of people uh, is about triple the amount of people who were slaves. Texas had a huge slave population. Texas is a huge state. All those slaves were freed. 
uh, funny. I, <laughs> I, I know this, uh, this lady who, uh, has darker skin and she was watching a video on Juneteenth and they were talking about racism and celebrating Juneteenth. And she was like, give me a break. It's like, she didn't support it. Like, I don't, I don't have an issue with Juneteenth. Like I get it. I, it, I, I love the history of it. It's pretty cool. Um, I love the, I love history. I just want to learn where things come from. And it's like when you read official history, it's, it's just a lot different than you think. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Abraham Lincoln really wasn't wanting to get rid of slaves, but he did want to preserve the union, which would have gotten rid of slaves, but he was a Republican, but they say he's a Democrat, but it's like, it's confusing, right? It's really confusing. Why does that history matter? Because when people want to eliminate history and they want to tear down statues and they want to burn books and they want to prevent you from speaking and they want to take your property and they want to collectivize the farmland and they want to take the food and the resources and they want to have all the little special perks like the butter and the sugar and the chocolate and the meat for themselves and they want you to have virtually nothing to save the environment. When people want to do those kinds of things, they are not talking about basic segregation. They're not talking about basic mind control they're talking about overthrowing the social order and creating an entire population of slaves and serfs who will do what they say when they say it or they will not be fed they will be exterminated and they will not receive their government checks every month that's what they're talking about doing and now they want to do it on a global level but before they can do it on a global level, they have to use indiscretions of the past out of context to destroy the present beauty of a country like the United States to demean it on a local and an international level, to overthrow it, to rot it from the core so that you can destroy those enlightened ideas of equality and freedom and justice so that the whole world can be reorganized and reshaped to create what was being established in those days of American slavery, and that was a golden circle plantation. Huge slave plantation from Cuba through the south up into the north, a big golden circle. You know who organized that? People that were part of the Democratic Party, Democratic senators, the Ku Klux Klan, hence the reason the Ku Klux Klan the Knights of the Circle were the Knights of the Golden Circle. They were the Knights who would protect the business and the institution of slavery, and that was prevented, and that was overthrown. And I have an American law book here, all the uh, documents of American law and history. I've got a bunch of legal books, Black's Law Dictionary, uh, documents of American uh, legal institutions. And just in that book, which was written, I don't know, like, three decades ago, there's just like, you know, laws in there like slavery's banned, slavery this, slavery that, ban it, ban it, ban it, ban it, written by white people. That's that's it. That's the bottom line. So what is the critical race theory then? It's meant to rip society apart. It's meant to prevent discussions. I mean, I, I don't like John Stewart and, you know, Stephen Colbert and all these late night comedians. But John Stewart, maybe he was doing a bit, I don't know, but he's, he goes on Colbert's show and he starts yelling about coronavirus and things created in a laboratory. And he's like, you say it wasn't in a laboratory, your laboratory's name, the Coronavirus Research Center, of course. And people go online and just attack on Twitter. He's uh, contributing to the Asian hate. 
He's contributing to all the Asian hatred and violence in the world. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's stating a fact, and that's somehow promoting Asian hate. Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. We're skipping this break because this is just way too important. It kind of reminds me of that. That uh, I, I love Seinfeld. It reminds me of that that Seinfeld uh, uh, line where Jerry's talking to Elaine about. The, I think he was trying. He was dating an Asian woman or something, and he's like, "If I like their race, how is it racist?" Donna Chang. I should have talked to her. I love Chinese women. Isn't that a little racist? If I like their race, how can that be racist? You could even make that joke today on Seinfeld. I'm surprised that episode's not banned from the air. If I like their race, how is it racist? And you see, that's always a really confusing thing to me. Because, um, you know, I've, I've talked about women and attraction and things on this show before. And I've said, like, I always, when, since the time I was a kid, I've always been attracted to, like, Japanese women and Japanese culture and just Japan in general. And someone one time they told me they're like, oh, that's racist to like Japanese women. And I thought literally, I just thought that episode of Seinfeld, like if I like their race, how is it racist? <laughs> right. And then someone told me one time, like, if you don't date somebody outside of your race, that's also racist. It's like, OK, so if I date a Japanese woman, if I if I don't date a per like, what am I supposed to do here? Uh, you're supposed to lay down and die. You're supposed to let your seeds spill outside of somebody so you can't have children. OK, you're not supposed to teach your kids, and have a family. That's what Black Lives Matter says. No more families. No more men. You're not supposed to have any of that. Okay, because that makes the world a better place. That creates a more equitable society when you teach children how not to be a bigot. That they don't need to segregate based on the color of their skin. When you teach children the opposite of critical race theory, which is what race theory is supposed to teach, but in fact, it's like that episode of King of the Hill, one of my favorite King of the Hill episodes classic king of the hill episode where the guy comes to bobby's school and bobby's just trying to organize he's leading like a charge to organize this this uh carnival at the school and this guy comes to the school and starts teaching the kids that like you know as a white person you should have white guilt your people did this to that person's people and this and it just turns the kids against each other. And Bobby's just this this kid. He's like, I just wanted to throw throw a carnival, Dad. And and then he starts getting like he has all this guilt, and he's apologizing for the guilt. And people are like, Dude, what are you doing? Let's just have a carnival, all right? Everybody's together having a good time. And that's what these people like. That guy that came to Bobby's school. That's what they do. They come into a place where everybody's getting along. No discrimination. Everybody's fine. Nobody's thinking about skin color. And they come in. They're like, listen here. Your people did this to their people. And their people did this to those other people. And you have to apologize and pay reparations. Excuse me. I think most of us understand that we don't have time to hate each other. And the only people that seem to want to hate each other are the people that don't like you for your personal choices. They don't like that you choose to not get a vaccine or that you choose to not wear a mask or that you choose to not be concerned about the faux, faulty, incorrect, inadequate nature of whatever the hell critical race theory is. 
They don't like when you think for yourself. They want you to think just like them. And that's why there's like one out of a thousand listeners who message me or who send me something on like Apple Podcasts or any other platform. And they're like, this guy's promoting right wing extremism, right wing conspiracies. And then it doesn't matter, you know, if a woman who fled communist China at 26 years old goes to Virginia to the school board in Loudoun County and says, um, when I fled communist China, this is what they were teaching kids. This is what led to more mass slaughter, more mass death, uh, destroying the statues, the books, the history. It, it doesn't matter if a, a, a very, very, very intelligent woman, uh, a mother, Keisha King, goes to the Duval County Board of Education to a bunch of white people and tells them, don't teach critical race theory to my little children. You racist, bigot scum. She didn't say that, but she's like, you're not going to teach my kid that he needs to be segregated. What are you doing to a bunch? Of, and it's just these white, these arrogant white people. So Coca-Cola, I guess, is right. Don't be white. Just be less arrogant. Like the people who are sitting in this school board meeting, the school board people that are sitting there with their hands crossed, trying to act all proper and like, I'm a white person. I'm going to protect the black people. And the black woman gets up there and is like, stop, you slave owning slave-driving, racist piece of trash. Because you are the people that are creating the divisiveness. You are the people that think you're doing the right thing. You're being used by a system that you don't even understand. How about you open up a history book and you read about what the Chinese woman in Virginia told the school board in Loudoun County? How about you read about the Cultural Revolution? How about you read about Marxism? How about you read about what a horrible racist Karl Marx was? You ever read what Karl Marx said? Karl Marx should be banned everywhere. But no, everywhere you go, it's Karl Marx, Communist Manifesto. Oh, my God, it's Lenin. I love Trotsky. Oh, my God, I love Mao Zedong. It's like he killed 65 million people, right? 40 million by mistake, just didn't feed him. And people just look at you like, uh, like uh, it's, it's equality, equality. And they start malfunctioning. Equality, equality, equality. He killed 65 million people. You're upset about a few Jews who got knocked off in Germany. How about the 65 million Chinese who died? You know, how about the 3 million Christians who got slaughtered in communist Russia? How about the 3.5 or 4 million Muslims who got slaughtered? How about the Muslims who are in the detention camps in China today? I get on a plane, I fly to China, I'm going to find Muslims in detention camps. How about that? How about the slave factories that manufacture your shoes and your hats and your electronics? You know, just think about this. Think about the conceit. Coca-Cola is right. Coca-Cola is very right. The white people that are arrogant like this, yes, you're right, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is right. I'm sorry. Don't sue me. Coca-Cola is right. Be less white. The arrogant, pompous, bourgeois, crunchy, suburban white people who put on their Nike shoes or their Adidas shoes, and they put on their nice shirts, a nice pair of pants and underwear, put on their socks, and they put on a a basketball, baseball, football hat, put on a beanie, put on something manufactured by a slave somewhere in the world today, and they get their iPhone, and they make their video, I'm going down to the social justice warrior rally today because I am going to stop social injustice, and we're going to make this a more just world. Shout out to all my LGBTQ friends. I love you. I don't know why it was a gay voice, (laughs) but they go down right to the rally, Man, woman, doesn't matter, and they're dressed in their slave attire, and they're like, no more slavery, no more slavery. You're literally dressed in things that were made by slaves a few thousand miles away. 
You're literally supporting modern-day slavery while not even fully understanding the extent or the scope or the history of slavery hundreds of years ago. You are, as Coca-Cola said, arrogant and certain, and you need to be less certain, and you need to be less arrogant, and you need to be less defensive, and you need to be more humble, and you need to listen, you need to believe what facts are, and you need to break with the apathy of not listening to other people. Because you don't like what they say. You need to have your beliefs challenged. I know it's hard when your beliefs are challenged because you revert to this emotional, infantile state. And you go, ah, 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 and you scream. F you, F you, F you. I had a biology professor, folks yell at me at Yellowstone National Park a few months ago, I said, I'm not wearing a mask for a number of reasons. This guy says to me, what do you do for a profession? Do you have a degree? I said, no, I don't have a degree. I'm a radio host. He says, I'm a biologist. You know, with his chest, this guy's like 60, chest puffed up. I'm a biologist. I care about, he said, I care about you and that's why I'm wearing a mask. I said, well, then you should know. If you're wearing that to protect me, The particles that are coming out of your mouth that are stopped by your mask, if they're coming out of my mouth, they should also be stopped by your mask because they should be the same size, the viral particulates. As a biologist, you should know that. I literally said that. The guy says to me, F you, F you. And even the woman in the store who, the manager who was like, yeah, you can shop without a mask. It's federal property. She was like, dude, what are you doing? And his wife is like physically holding him like, what are you doing? Why are you yelling at this guy? Just come on. He's like, I'm a biologist. F you. I'm a biologist. F you. It's like, what? what is wrong with these people? You know? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you tell you a very brief story. You know, at the, the, the part-time job I work, there, there, there have been people there over the last couple of years who have not liked me because they assumed I was a Trump supporter, like that's illegal or something. And um, one person actually said that I was raising a child, a two-year-old, my son's two. I was raising a child who was a Nazi and who was going to be anti-vaccine and anti-mask and uh, who's, in in essence, a white supremacist based on literally nothing. I've hardly ever had a conversation with this person about anything that wasn't work-related. This person literally, as a result of that, refused to be in the same room with me. And about two weeks ago, they told my manager and other managers in the store that I refused to let them in the store in the morning and that this was endangering them and that it was misogyny to support me. And so they went to review the tapes to see if I didn't let this person in the store who also, by the way, yelled at me on the, on the sales floor in front of people in the produce department yelled at me, you will let me in the store next time. And then they like ran into the back room, literally, literally ran into the back room and so they reviewed the tapes, and this woman, none of it was true. On vid- She lies on video. Lies on video. I couldn't get in the store. I went home. Meanwhile, she, she comes in the front door and lets someone in the front door. At the same time, she says, I wouldn't let her in the door. Just lies. Just openly lies. And then quits the job and calls my manager uh, a, a supporter of misogyny. And um, I would assume, uh, you know, there's the white supremacy thing there. You support white supremacy and misogyny. 
It's like, this is what these people have been trained to do. You think you're fighting some good fight, so you make up lies to get people fired. I mean, that person is one of those people who literally, they find anything they can find to be a victim because they're lazy and they're a sloth and they want to be paid for things that they didn't do. They're a good communist who want to be handed things without actually working for them. So they can quit their job, maybe have another part-time job, collect that government assistance, and sit on their ass all day and get bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, that is your classic social justice warrior who doesn't even know they're a cultural Marxist communist, and they literally support an ideology that has killed more people in the last 50 years than Nazis and white supremacists killed in 10 to 15 years. Uh, Communist countries that operate today who have people in death camps, Muslims, Christians, anybody with a religion. That's why the new world religion isn't a religion at all. It's an abolition of all religion because you can't have faith in a higher power. You can't have faith in the unseen, the occult, the esoteric, the spiritual. That's dangerous because it implies and because it demonstrates that there's a power higher, more powerful than the state. And the state doesn't want that. Okay, so once again, occultism and magic, it's an integral part of these types of subjects on these types of shows. Black Lives Matter performs black magic literally on video and tells you that's what they're going to do to rip apart the family structure. They're a a sect of society, an organization loosely connected to the anti-fascist movement that goes back to the time of the communist revolution in Berlin in Germany in the 1920s. And what did they teach? They taught that gender is fluid and you can be a man or a woman and they cut people's penises off, run by a Jewish guy named Hirschfeld at the Institute for Sexual Science. They promoted pornography on the streets, promiscuinity. They promoted drag queens. I don't know, like drag queen story time. Literally in the 20s in Germany, there's books written on it. One's called Gay Berlin. It's just a neutral overview of what happened in Germany in the 1920s. It's right-wing conspiracy. No, they're trying to confuse you about your gender and your sexuality and your race. They're trying to create incohesion to rip apart the fabric of society, to do what BLM says, get rid of the family, raise children in what Huxley called hatcheries, but what they call villages, to have comrades that go around and make sure everybody is falling into place. That's what's happening. You can say whatever you want to say about it. It doesn't affect me. Because I know, or at least I have an idea, about what it is that I believe and what it is that I see. And when you ask me about what I believe or what I see, I can give you a coherent response. And I might actually change my perspective based on what you've presented to me. But like the guy at Yellowstone, I don't say, I'm a biologist. Oh, great. Well, then you should know that the micron size of the virus is actually smaller than the size of the mask, so the virus goes right through the mask whether you wear it or I wear it. F you! I guess that was what they taught them in biology class. F you! Or the girl at the place I worked lying about me to get me fired because she thought I was a Nazi. And then she's on camera lying, like flagrantly lying on camera. 
and then quits and says, you're a misogynist because she has to play the victim so she can collect her COVID-19 assistance money so that she can sit on her ass and do nothing. Now, granted, that's just my theory, but she absolutely lied because I'm a white supremacist, apparently, to get me fired and then called my manager. Uh, she was sporting misogyny. And my manager's like, I've known this guy for two plus years, longer than you. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. I, I like to talk to him. I don't get along with my manager on political issues. Uh, we totally disagree on political issues. But as a classical liberal, she told me to my face, I don't necessarily think we agree, but you have a right to voice your opinion like I do, and nobody should stop you, nobody should stifle you. And I thought, we agree, exactly. doesn't have to be a political issue. It's a human issue. You voice your opinion, I voice my opinion. We have a battle of opinions. Then we introduce facts and details into the conversation. And at the end of the conversation, a real debate should result in you having a different perspective and me having a different perspective. Not someone going, F you, I'm a biologist. F you, I've got a degree. F you, I don't like you because you're in shape and healthy and because you want a family and because I think you support a politician I don't like. F you, I won't be in the same room with you. You know, real equality kind of stuff. So Coca-Cola can tell people, be less white. And New York City schools can say, fill out this form on white identities. Meanwhile, as Juneteenth approaches, and Juneteenth supposedly is about the freeing of slaves in Texas, what it's been turned into is Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, destroy the family. Uh, that ain't that is, that is not what Jubilee Day is, but that's what it's been turned into. So once again, a bunch of bigots and arrogant morons have hijacked an important piece of black history. So if I were black, I would be very offended and I would actually probably still be okay with Jubilee Day, but I would be upset that people have tried to hijack it. Just like the people that I had a black lady say to me, because I asked her, I said, how do you feel about Black Lives Matter having darker skin and, 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 and the political issues? And she said, well, honestly, I'm afraid to speak because I don't agree with it. And every time I, I say I don't agree with it, they, people call me an Uncle Tom. You know, and she was afraid. And I, I thought and I said to her, I said, so that basically just makes you feel like you can't speak. It basically puts you into a position where you essentially are a slave to their ideology. You can't speak or think for yourself. You can't take actions for yourself because they will label you and put you in intellectual chains. You know, and it's like literally the only people I the only people I run into that believe this crap are white. So, yes, you're right. White supremacy is real. Absolutely, it's real. It's just not the, you're my slave, I'm superior. It's, you're oppressed and I'm here to save you. It's horrid bigotry. Horrid discrimination. It is disgusting. And so, I talk about it because it's important. It's, it's critical. It's vital to having cohesion to understanding history to understanding the magical nature of this because they're using words to control your minds words letters symbols energies understand that understand the intention the projection the incantation the invocation understand that at least be aware of it because when they're doing this they're invoking egregores they're manifesting tulpas and golems not out of clay in the ground or immaterial etheric substances but in the minds of the people that follow the cult, in the new red guards, and the new comrades 
that are allowed to rape and torture and steal and kill. That are allowed to scream, F you! And that's somehow intellectual debate. This is an NBC News report on critical race theory. I want to play it for you here at the end of the show. Listen to this. Some Ohio lawmakers want to ban what is known as critical race theory. Governor Kemp pushing back against teaching critical race theory in Georgia schools. CRT is not an honest dialogue. Republican lawmakers and some concerned parents are... And it's like they're all black. All the, all the ladies that are against it, all black moms, all against it. Uh, the people that are against it, Asians, totally against it. The only people that like it are white suburban moms and dumb white kids. Waging war against critical race theory and its role in the classroom today. It's a 40-year-old academic framework based on the concept that racism impacts our legal and social systems. So is the outrage an overreaction or is it justified? It's like, oh, more black people are put in prison. Okay, why is that? Because they make up 13% of the population and commit most of the violent crimes, statistically? Sure, more people that are black are going to be in prison. Do you think black people like that? No, they're appalled by what their community is involved in. You're speaking for black people. No, I'm speaking from experience talking to black people who tell me that. These are not issues that I have to deal with on a daily basis. I don't have black people trying to kill me on a daily basis because I'm black, because I'm involved in the things that those communities, unfortunately, are involved in. I'm not involved in those things in white communities. Okay? See, the issue here is a critical omission. Let's listen to what they say. I teach critical race theory throughout my class, or at least I bring the sensibilities. Dr. LaToya Baldwin-Clark teaches law at UCLA's Critical Race Studies program. She says these are some of the basic themes of critical race theory. So basically it's an indoctrination program, and the only black people I see that teach this stuff, they've got that attitude like, we're going to save the world, we're going to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, overthrow society, kill the white people. Race is not real, but racism is. No, race is absolutely real as a construct to understand ethnicity and where people come from we are all part of the human race though so it sounds good racism is ordinary and baked into our institutions and systems not all groups experience racism the same way and whiteness part of this is true part of this is true racism is ordinary everybody has some kind of racist ideology race is uh, not real. I, I agree with that. But that's not what they're teaching. They're teaching white kids that they're oppressors and black kids that they're oppressed, that if you're black, you're a slave and you don't have a right to speak. We'll speak for you. Comes with material and psychological benefits. But the uproar over CRT these days isn't really directed at college-level professors like Dr. Baldwin-Clark necessarily. It's aimed at K-12 classrooms. After the summer of social unrest, CRT ideas are appearing in grade school lesson plans. That's sparking backlash from conservatives and some liberals who claim this actually creates more division. Oh, so there's actually bipartisan support against it. So it's not really a political issue. This is an anti-American issue is what this is ultimately to break apart the social cohesion of society to turn people against each other. Among younger students. What we see now, though is kind of a bastardization of critical race theory. Dr. Eric Smith is an associate professor of rhetoric at York College of Pennsylvania. He's been speaking out against CRT. I think it's a travesty to tell kids especially, right, that because of this systemic racism, you're going to always have it hard. 
But unlike other critics, Dr. Smith yeah, exactly. invoking CRT as a way to censor honest conversations also agreed. about race. Unfortunately, there are people um, on the right with their agendas and see this as an opportunity to squelch uh, discussion about race, period. And that's not good. Honest debate. That's exactly what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Invoking it to prevent discussion of race. Not right. Not cool, man but using it to create a culture of racist bigots to raise a bunch of slaves and plantation owners in a sense, because that's apparently all that people understand about history, even though it's such a minor part of history, just like the Nazi Holocaust, that it's almost insignificant in comparison to the hundreds of millions of people that have been slaughtered and that are enslaved today in 2021. But that doesn't matter. And if you're black and say it, you're an uncle Tom. And if you're white and say it, you're a racist. And if you're a Chinese woman who fled communist China, they just ignore you. This is about social control, ladies and gentlemen. This weekend, this Saturday, is Jubilee Day. And it celebrates the freeing of slaves in Texas. And unfortunately, it has been hijacked by mobs of bigots and racists who want to take it for themselves and celebrate it to feel good about themselves. That's what it really is. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And no, I don't support critical race theory. And no, I am not a Republican. I am a scholar of magical subjects. And I see that from the rituals to the words, the incantations, the thought forms that are created, it's meant to corrupt the mind and to influence the mind, and to manifest golems of the mind, golems and tulpas and egregores of the mind to control people to do what you want them to do based on things that are historically accurate to a minor degree, but missing so much critical information that once you incorporate that extra additional information that's been omitted, Everything starts to make a little more sense and you see the world the opposite of the way that you've been told to see it. So read for yourself. Research things for yourself. Investigate things for yourself. Don't let people tell you what to think. And that includes me. Don't let me tell you what to think. I'm not trying to tell you what to think, but don't listen to what I'm saying and just believe it. Go investigate the things for yourself because you can find this stuff. In places of mainline history, uh, it's just right there, but we are just so used to seeing World War II as evil Gestapo crushing the skulls of Jews. We're used to seeing evil white people crushing the, the, the skulls of black people, but that's not World War II, and that's not racism and slavery. That's just a cultural identity that's been applied to a group of people and to a history, and that's not accurate. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. If you enjoy this show and you'd like to support us, we have weekly, monthly, and yearly subscriptions. It all supports the show in the same way. You get access to the entire show archive, all the montages, my digital books to read and download on the site. And if you subscribe for one year... You get a free copy of one of my books with free shipping, autographed if you'd like. Free shipping in the United States. We do ship around the world. Just email me if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or use this email that I'm about to tell you for PayPal. 
rdgable at yahoo.com. rdgable at yahoo.com. We try to keep things real simple with just the PayPal. You can use a card for that as well. If you want to send a check or if you want to send a knickknack for the studio, a picture, anything, a book, you want to send something to us at The Secret Teachings, P.O. Box 81, West Bloomfield, New York, 14585. And that address will be good until probably uh, the fall of 2021. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Stay tuned to The Fringe FM, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.